Sacred Pause with Jessica Winderl. Hello and welcome to the One Sacred Pause podcast. My name is Jessica and I'm your host. And today I am talking with a yoga teacher, a global wanderer, and a really beautiful soul, um, Antonia Rothschild in Stockholm, Sweden. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Yes, I can't wait to kind of dive into and talk about the things that you're up to and um, maybe a little bit about your philosophies about life and teaching and living your yoga, because I think that's something that it really seems that you're doing well, keeping uh-huh. your yoga practice and your yoga studentship, not just something you do like on the side. Like, oh, yeah, I go to yoga twice a week. (laughs) But rather having it be like who you are and what you do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm, Thank you for those beautiful words. Yeah, you're welcome. It's um, so cool, I think, when we can see people doing that. And that's something I strive really hard to do also. And because I think it's really inspiring. And sometimes the path not just of a yoga teacher, but of a yoga student can get challenging and difficult. And I think having community and having people that we can either look to for inspiration or reach out to for support and encouragement is really cool and important Mm -hmm. as we kind of travel this path, whether it's physically together or connected via the interwebs. Mm. Yes. Yes, definitely. So we were talking before we started and you were like, oh my gosh, I was supposed to go to India tomorrow, which of course, by the time this episode airs, that'll be, you know, weeks, weeks will have gone by and your visa got denied. You were going to go teach at this yoga festival in Southern India. And now you're kind of in the space of like, okay, well, I'm not really sure what I'm doing next. I'm not sure where I'm going even. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about just your philosophy in terms of going with the flow and and following the energy and how that sort of shapes the life that you live yeah um (laughs) like I said before when we were chatting um I definitely noticed this tendency of of resisting the guidance that I receive and so there's like this playful dance that's happening uh, where I'm like trying to kind of knock on the doors that I know maybe aren't meant for me right now. And, and, and this is, it's not to kind of judge that at all. It's more to bring awareness to that dance and, and to actually bring more light and, and awareness to it and forgiveness to it. Because um, I can see how maybe in the past I've been kind of hard on myself where like I felt like I've done the wrong thing or I didn't do what I felt I should do. Like my heart was telling me something and I, I just, um, didn't really go there or, um, that feeling arises. And then, um, as I've been doing that in more subtle ways, I can forgive myself each step and I am always realigned and brought back to that stream where, things just flow effortlessly. And, um, it's, it's really like, I I love to describe it as a dance and, and, and my life philosophy or the, the, what I teach (laughs) to myself, what I'm learning is to dance with life. And 
So these things, these, what seems like an accident, what seems like something that uh, shouldn't have been or that should have been but didn't happen, all of this is part of that choreography, that divine choreography where we're just like dancing and expressing ourselves creatively in, in ways that we don't always understand on a mind level. And so this is, this is the, 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 um, the journey, like uh, the way I perceive life is, is a journey of mastering that dance and, um, not to make it a choreography that we're rehearsing over and over and, and we like, um, erase the, the mistakes, but more, how can we incorporate the mistakes and make them beautiful? (laughs) How can we kind of um, fall and, and make that part of the choreography. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, no, it does. And like, we're not even five minutes in and already such amazing concepts. Like, first of all, I love that you brought in forgiveness and specifically forgiveness aimed towards the self, because I think this is a big piece of the process of learning compassion. And it can be such a, tricky thing to work with because that means we have to really name those quote unquote mistakes that you're talking Mm -hmm. about. Um, You know, we're so good as humans at running away from those mistakes, repressing those mistakes, avoiding those mistakes, and just like sort of sweeping it under the rug being like, Oh yeah, Mm -hmm. that didn't really happen. Even, and then we feel a lot of shame around that too. Usually. Um, so there's that one piece, the forgiveness, which that's something I really like to think about in my personal practice also. But then you're talking about trust and intuition and the dance through your life or with your life and strengthening that through that continual process of forgiving yourself. I think that's just so beautifully illustrated through mm-hmm. what you said. And I also think the way you explained it was very kind and soft. And that's something that I think our world is lacking in, in terms of the feminine energy. And not the feminine energy of like, okay, put on lipstick and high heels, but the feminine energy of listening, of being able to tap into that wisdom within and then trust it. Like that's a, that's a very feminine energetic as opposed to the masculine energy of do, create, build, go, 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 which is where many of us tend to live a lot of our lives, especially now in, you know, modern society where we're constantly connected via the internet. Mm. Mm. So when, when you're traveling and you're going and you're teaching retreats and you're teaching at festivals or workshops. Do you usually make an instantaneous decision or do you sit with things for a little bit before you say yes or no? Hmm. (laughs) Um, I sit with it. I usually sit with it. Um, The things that I do, it, it depends. It, it varies because it depends on the feeling that I get. Usually I get a feeling right away. Um, but then there's um, sort of the need to 
to get to know, to get familiar with that feeling. What is that feeling telling me? Because there are moments where I understand the feeling and the feeling is no, or the feeling is yes. But then sometimes there's like, um, there's a feeling and it's not yes or no. It's, I don't know if I can do this. It's, um, I'm afraid that this will happen or like all these layers come up and, and, and it doesn't bring me like the clarity of yes or no, because all those layers are, are kind of veiling, um, what the answer is. And so I have to sit with it and I have to feel my way through it because usually what, what I've found through my travels and the, this journey of life is that there isn't necessarily a yes or no that is um, exclusively right or wrong. Um, if you get what I'm saying with that, like th- yes. there isn't um, a yes or no that will always like this will always be yes. And this will always be no. And, but the reason why I perceive something in my life and, and an opportunity is presented is for, for me to feel something for me to experience something or for, for, for something to be felt for something to be released, um, healed or shared. And so it's always kind of, um, the work of being present with what's presenting itself and seeing which one of those things, um, do I need to, to focus on? Is, is there something that needs to be healed in relationship to what's presented? Is there something that needs to be shared to, to someone, um, outside of myself in relationship to this? Or is there, um, um, is there, is it just simple? Is, is this where I'm just meant to go with the flow and surrender to, to the actual action of, of what's presented? Mm, that's a really nice way to frame it. Kind of putting it into categories that aren't assigning judgment that are just more of open-ended inquiry. Mm. Because I think a lot of us feel that and where we're struggling with a decision and we're like, okay, sometimes it is very obvious. Yes. Other times it's very obvious. No, but a lot of times we're kind of in that gray area. And for those of us who work in yoga and healing arts, when we're trying to strengthen our connection to intuition, to the wisdom within, and we have this very clear intention, like, okay, I want to listen, I want to hear, because most of us want to make the right choice. But Mm -hmm. like you said, usually, there's so much that's being hidden from our conscious mind. And so we have the intention to make the right decision. And there's an element of trust that's involved there. But sometimes we don't know until further in the future, after we've made the decision, whether it was a good one or a bad one. And so being able to maybe take some of the pressure off in terms of like, oh my God, what do I do? What do I do? Is it yes? Is it no? Is it yes? Is it no? Being like, okay, well, the categories that you have, a lesson to be learned, something to be shared, or an action to be taken. And I think that's uh, really cool. Mm, Yeah. Yeah, it's it's even it's clarifying for me to speak about this because I I've never really put words to to that. Before, yeah, so cool. Yeah, but it's super yeah. helpful, and I think that's why having these kinds of conversations is so great too. Because you know, yoga is such an individual process and journey um, of self inquiry and connection to source. But 
we have to have community along the way and we have to have other people to have these conversations with to kind of be like, hey, what's your experience? And oh, what do you do? And oh, cool, this is what I do. Because at some point, um, we can only go so far on our, by ourselves. Mm, and we can learn so much from what other people are up to. And the other beautiful part is we can take what works for us and leave the rest. You know, yeah. it's what works for you might not work for me or might not work for somebody else that we know. And that's fine. It doesn't have to. Mm. But it's the how do we find what works for us? How do we use that to help us make decisions and to guide our life guided by or supported by the principles of yoga? Yeah, I just um, thought, like felt this. I got this image of um, when you spoke about us helping each other. And even if something doesn't work for you or, or and this and that. Um, like this is really the, the ultimate yoga or an aspect of, of the ultimate yoga and, and in, in helping each other, it's not necessarily like, Oh, here, I'm going to give you, uh, what's mine for you to have. And like this better work for you. Um, and if it doesn't, there's something wrong with you. Like, instead of like kind of looking at, at it like that, it's, it's actually the yoga happening through these vessels that we are. It's when we open up to the benevolence and the, the urge to want to share and, and help someone and, and simultaneously open up to receive that help from someone else that is um, um, transmuting or shifting the, the idea of separation and unveiling and seeing that we are one and and there's there's nothing that I can give to someone that isn't already theirs and there's nothing that I can receive from anyone else that isn't already in me and and to just open to to open being open to receive that um communication that exchange <clears throat> is yoga it really is yes That's the beauty of it <laughs> yes absolutely and that is the one of the very big considerations in yoga is we have these veils of illusion, the maya, that cloud our judgment, that make us believe that we are separate from, separate from one another, separate from source, separate from possibility. You know, we're, we're really just seeds of pure potential. And how do we tap into that? How do we peel back some of these layers or draw back the veils? And I think you just like totally nailed that. We can learn from one another and it doesn't have to be right or wrong. It's just an observation like, oh, cool. And the other thing too is bringing back or weaving in this piece of forgiveness too maybe we do try something and it doesn't work for us. Let it go. Like it's, you don't, we don't need to have this like, Oh God, why didn't, am I a bad teacher? Am I a bad student? Am I a bad yogi? Like why didn't that work for me? And why can't I get this? And um, I think that's also very important as a yoga teacher. We all get to share what it is that we connect to the most. And so I run teacher trainings here in Norway through the Atman Yoga School. And this is something we talk about a lot is how do we tap into not just our authentic voice, but 
what our message is and how can we be clear in how we're communicating and what exactly it is that we're teaching. And this is why there's so many different schools and lineages of yoga. And the great thing is we get to be ourselves. Like we don't have to conform. We don't have to do things exactly the way three, you know, every other person is. And I think there's a lot of power in that understanding, but there's also a lot of fear that can come up in that understanding because then it shifts the responsibility back to us. Ultimately, everything comes back to us. Are we going to do the hard work as a student? Are we going to show up and give from our heart freely as a, as a teacher? Mm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I totally relate and I can, I can see how, especially for me um, as a healer, when I've been doing a lot of healing work uh, in the past, um, there's, there was a time when um, the attachment to the outcome was so much more than, than it is today. And, and um, which limited my ability to express myself and to actually be uh, the healer that I was there to be, to, to, to share the message that was coming through. Because there was this, this attachment to, is it going to work? <laughs> is it, I need, I want to know that this person is going to feel better. I want to know this and that. Um, but then what's coming through isn't always comfortable and isn't always um according to the rules because it's organic it's pure it's yourself um it's it's coming from source and and with that there's the, there is that fear sometimes that comes up like how is this going to be received how am i going to be perceived um and this is where <clears throat> Um, what we talked about also before um, this call, um, where ego ego comes in, that's what ego is, and e what ego does is is that little voice that says, "Oh, but really, like, what if you say that um, they might be offended, or they'll think you're crazy, and and all these things um, come up, and and that's the work of of just looking at that, sitting with that, and how is that going to make me feel?" Because it's never, <clears throat> I understood um, quite quite early on that I was never going to heal another person. I was always just healing myself, mm. and and so it. I I found that it was so healing to to share the truth that was coming through for for me to share, <laughs> um, because everything that was holding me back from sharing that was ego. And so the more I allowed myself to, to let that, that love pour through, because that's what it is. It's just pure love. It's very pristine and, and, and on, um, like not convoluted and, and, uh, pure. And when that happened, I, I would have to face the projections because when a mirror is very clear, when someone shares from a space of, of, of peace and uh, clarity, then it gives a lot of space for the, the perceived other to project and see themselves in that. Like we, we are, we are all that light. We are all that, um, that love that that's emanating from, from source. Uh, but 
a lot of the times humans have developed that fear and that fear is ego that they don't want to see that. And so um, that's when these little ghosts come up when these voices um, that manufacture the, 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 the character, the, the ego, the role that we play. Um, and, and the work is just continually dissolving that with, with awareness and with love uh, to be able to continue that service, to be able to, to remain in the space of love uh, when, when it's being called for. And usually it's always being called for. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's also, it takes a lot of courage, I think, to stand in that truth. Once you have dissolved some of the fear and once you have kind of settled into that understanding of who you are at your core, what your true essence really is, and having that courage to not only speak your truth and share your message in the way that it is authentic to you, it scares people around you. And then we also have that ego come up where it's like, oh gosh, am I being or at least for me, this is how my ego shows up. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, am I being, I put one foot in front of the other. I'm living my life the way I think I need to be to have it be guided by source and connected to spirit. Uh, but along the way, I also, you know, I teach yoga full time. I run a yoga business. I travel to festivals and running workshops and trainings. And so at some point there's kind of this push and pull between my clear message and what I'm called to share with the world, but also the reality of running a business. And so my fear and my ego come up sometimes in between this tug of war where I get in my own head like, oh my God, what if people think that I think <laughs> I'm really cool or I'm a really good yoga teacher or X, Y, and Z. And as soon as I have that voice crop up, I've gotten better, of course, over the years and, and with a lot of practice and a lot of inquiry, but they, these thoughts still come up sometimes. And when they do, I almost have this reaction where I'm like, oh, man, oh, and then I right away, I'm like, oh, okay, I catch myself. And then I'm like, just give myself like this energetic pat on the back and be like, you know what, Jess, totally normal, totally natural, take some breaths and then keep doing the job you're here to do. And so for me, that's just a very real example of how I struggle with some of this stuff too. Yeah. Because it is a really interesting dynamic when you are a yoga teacher and this is your job. Yeah. Because we're trying to live the spiritual principles and we're trying to be an example and we're trying to be a positive contribution to the vibrations of the community around us. But at the same time, we're also human and this stuff comes up. And so what do you think about when you're trying to navigate in that space? You know, we talked about intuition, we talked about uncertainty and, and making decisions, but when it relates to you as a teacher of yoga and the business or the backside of that, do you have any um, observations for yourself? Hmm. Or do you just try to just stay in the moment of, I'm here to be of service? Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, hmm. yeah, this is um, 
tricky one. (laughs) (laughs) I know. And to be honest, I mean, it's very vulnerable to have this conversation as well. And that's one thing that I hold as a core value for myself is transparency. Transparency in my teachings and transparency in how I run my business. And so even when I sometimes get uncomfortable with being brutally honest, I think it can be of uh, great service to other yoga teachers who maybe are also struggling with some of these things also like, oh my gosh, what do I do? How do I have promotion of myself or how do I market myself or how do I share myself in a way that's related to getting people to come? For me, it's my trainings or you, it would be your retreats or your workshops because at the end of the day, I mean, we can be a powerful teacher, but if there's nobody there, then nobody can have the access to the power of those teachings. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I wanted to say this is interesting, but I, I just watched uh, Captain Fantastic, and in that movie, they say interesting is a non-word. <laughs> We're not allowed to use that because it doesn't mean anything. Oh, my so. God. I haven't seen it, so I, I've not heard that. Yeah, it's a really good movie. I, I enjoyed it. Um but but yeah, and it's kind of a true. I find that interesting is kind of a hollow. It's it it's a very full word. It says a lot, but it says nothing at all at the same time. So it's, I've never thought about that. Yeah. Oh my god! Wow, little wisdom nugget right there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. So to to answer your question as as much as I can. Um. um this is also one of those one of those moments where I'd be like sitting with it and see what if if there's something for me to learn, <laughs> something for me to heal, or something for me to share, or or all of the above, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, because it's most of the time it's all of them. Um, there's usually no separation. <laughs> um, anyway, um, I find that. I've had periods of my life where I would, I was more focused on promotion. I, I felt that I got caught up in an idea of how I needed to portray myself to the perceived outside world so that the outside world would come to me. Mm. And from that space, I was struggling from that space. It was that tug of war. Um, like it was like, uh, uh, I don't know how hard to pull and then something, uh, and it was still sort of that attachment to, um, is there going to be someone showing up, uh, how humiliating if no one comes and, and these ideas, and I've had to work my way through that. I've had to heal those pains, um, and, and that, that part of ego that was so strong. Uh, in order to be more detached Mm -hmm. and to be um to be open to how spirit wants to move um through me and who is supposed to be moved by what I share um and and not get so stuck on the amount of people or who but how and now, <laughs> uh, 
um, so that there's every time I find myself going into that debate or dialogue, I, I, I watch and I observe and I feel my way through it as much as I can to come back to, to, to purity, because in the end, um, I have found, um, through, through experiences and experimenting with this, that what flows more easily and what, what taps me into abundance and, and that reality of abundance, um, is to, to be in that state of, of, um, of trust and not really, um, it doesn't mean that from, from someone else's perspective that, uh, it can look like I am, I am, uh, marketing myself, but from within, if I'm always true to myself, it'll always be just me sharing, healing, and learning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> does that make sense? Yeah, okay. no, it totally does. And I, yeah. I think it's so great to hear different perspectives about that because this is a very real fear of a lot of yoga teachers, especially as maybe they're starting out teaching yoga and it's like, oh my God, how, how do I get people here? And how am I going to get students? And what if blah, 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 what if I don't have enough likes on Instagram? And, you know, I think it's very easy to fall into the trap of comparison. And especially when right now in the landscape of the modern postural yoga environment, there is a lot of pressure on promotion and how many viewers do you have on X, Y, and Z and all this stuff. And I think that was, you know, kind of my comment and my question to you was about that because I do sometimes struggle with that. But then at the end of the day, I come back to how am I being of service? And the other thing that I like to do to counterbalance that game of comparison is checking in with my joy. Mm. And I absolutely love what I do. And what I teach and the style of how I teach and the information that I teach at the Atman Yoga School, it's not for everybody. And I don't worry about that because when I'm teaching from my heart, then it doesn't matter. Everything else just sort of falls away. And I'm there in that moment with those students um, who are there. And it's so fulfilling and it's so it lights me up from the inside out. And so then that's how I'm like, oh, okay, I don't really care if there's 100 people who like my photo or, you know, 500 people who like my photo. Mm. If we're getting pulled into the very, you know, superficial comparison game. Because at the end of the day, the students who are in that classroom with me, we had our own magic moment of talking about yoga and practicing yoga and supporting one another. And it's just, it's the feeling rather than the um, algorithm that comes up through social media or something like that. And so for me, that's my very real uh, practice to combat some of these feelings of comparison when my ego creeps in and is like, oh my God, I'm not doing enough. Oh my God, am I doing too much? Do people like, it doesn't matter what anybody thinks about me or what I teach or my school. At the end of the day, am I happy with it? Am I happy with what I put out there? And I can very honestly say the answer is always 100% yes, because I work hard to make it 100% yes. 
that's that's beautiful and and so important so important it's um it like can't be stressed enough that um if it's it's really easy to to get caught up in 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 the game of it but when we're actually which is fine uh, and it happens and it's it's that dance <laughs> in and out falling in and out and <clears throat> making it beautiful or or appreciating it but um the the moment that we're doing something to achieve something beyond that moment then we've sort of put ourselves outside of it and the yoga is is not it can't be lost but but it's out of sight and so it's that practice that you're talking about that when you're in class with your students there's nothing more important than them there's nothing more important than you in that moment being present with them and with yourself and if if there is um an incentive of like i could gain more followers i could have more people coming then then that's okay that's a motivation maybe it's like that carrot dangling and like yeah but then the, the work for 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 us is to to continually be aware and bring it back to our hearts because that carrot can 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 also de- like become a delusion and and fuel the illusion because we don't exist on social media we exist here and now in the eternal now and social media is a reflection of that it's a it's it's a um, useful uh, reflection when we harness it um with awareness and and consciously but um the the whole idea of of running after numbers running after um people that aren't already here and around you and ready to learn from you then th- that kind of defeats the purpose of yoga a little bit um and at the same time it's it's continually letting yourself expand so it's to me it's 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 more about um that organic process of expansion and being present with the journey like if you're not having fun on the way um to getting to wherever you're going then what's the point and that's what you're talk what what from what I can hear you talking about like I I love what I'm doing um and that's what matters and then the expansion comes from that space Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think it takes time to get to a place where you're willing to prioritize your experience of that journey of that path of the yoga over what external influences are saying it should look like or it should be and that's what you were talking about a little bit too, Antonia. It's like when you were at the beginning, when you were teaching yoga and you were trying to like fit in this box or do what you think you're supposed to do, it didn't uh, resonate. Mm. 
and you actually met resistance rather than grace. And so I think that can also be a very interesting process. Um, I know I absolutely have done that also. When I was newer to teaching and I was trying to figure out, well, what does, I have a background in business and um, feel comfortable in that arena. But I also, my number one priority is spiritual inquiry. And so then it's kind of like, okay, I'm, I'm constantly like I have one toe in each side of that space of that divide. And as somebody who runs a business, I better know what I'm doing, <laughs> or at least be able to figure a way to fi- find a way to figure out how to do what I'm doing. So that it can support me in my ultimate goal of being able to have spiritual inquiry in community with others. And then consistently ask the question back to myself, how am I being of service? And does this bring me joy? Mm. And I think that's something that doesn't come overnight. Um, There has to be trial and error. It has to be those quote unquote mistakes. And then there has to be the process of inquiry and like, okay, how did that go? Why did I not feel good about that? And then the forgiveness. Okay, that's fine. It's okay. Try again. Find a new way. And I think that's really what being a human is all about and hopefully Mm -hmm. cultivating more and more awareness as our path continues. And it's, I joke about this a lot when I talk to people um, and I'm just like, oh my God, I can't even, I can't even remember what my life was like before yoga (laughs) because I have changed so drastically, but it's not really Uh, a changing, it's more of a remembrance of self, of coming home and stepping into a more true uh, expression of who I am and the message that I have and that I'm here to share. And it's just, it's super exciting. And it's also, you know, I know that many people have this experience. It's not just me, but I think it's very exciting to be in that space of like, oh my God, I trust that even if I have small little blips along the way, I'm moving in the general right direction. Like I'm in alignment with my true north. I'm in alignment with spirit and source. And I believe that once you feel that way, you're only going to get more of that feeling, more of that uh, light and love. And it's, I mean, it's so weird because it's kind of like falling in love with yourself, but in a very non-romantic way. And Mm -hmm. You know, I always feel really sorry when I hear people say, oh, I hate to be alone. Mm. I hate to spend time by myself because I think that's just a very sad, unfortunate situation because we're so conditioned to be addicted to distraction. And when there's so much noise around us all the time, it's very hard to be able to listen to yourself. Mm. And that's a big part of this puzzle too. It's like, okay, well, if your goal is to live yoga and if your goal is to find some sense of peace and calm within, there's no way you're going to find peace and calm within unless you can sit down and shut up for at least a little bit of time and see what happens. And, um, you know, it's kind of, I think that's why some people have, well, I think that's why a lot of people have resistance to meditation because they're scared and their ego is telling them like, oh no, you don't need to do that. Go open another bag of Cheetos and watch another two hours on Netflix. 
<laughs> yeah. Yes. Not to say that, I mean, I love Netflix. <laughs> oh, for sure. Oh, me too. Yeah. Um, but there's a, there's the balance and, and the awareness and yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I thought of, um, this, I, I don't remember the quote exactly, but there's a teacher, um, that I follow on, on social media and it's Pentinio Massaro. Oh, I don't think I, yeah, I'd recommend anyone who's, who's truly passionate about, about their spiritual journey and, and really, um, evolving um internally um and seeing more and more truth um he's he's a great great teacher and and divine mirror uh, of of unity and he said something um i think he says that loneliness is un unity uh misinterpreted like it, and and I thought of that when you when you spoke about like how a lot of people uh, find it hard to be by themselves and alone because there is that um, like a lot of people are so estranged and and distanced from this concept of unity that um, it, it translates as loneliness. But like you said, the more we do the practice, the more we step into love and fall in love with ourselves or rise in love or um, move with love, then it, it just amplifies. And that's the beauty. And that's how we can have this conversation together, you and I, and like, and, and feel this way about it and, and be present with each other and, and confident in, in that like the world is good and, and will bring more goodness because this is the path that we're choosing. It's, it's sort of, um, yeah, that conscious decision of, of truth brings so much with it, like all that love. And, and again, it's, being willing to let go of that distortion of being it's, it's a sacrifice in a way, the more we give, the more we get. So we have to be willing to surrender the idea that I am lonely, that I am separate from everyone else in order to receive the love that, that says I'm never alone. Mm. That says I'm not separate from anyone i am part of everyone and everything and everything is a part of me and so yeah being really willing to surrender what we think we know that idea of of i know that i am this person and when i am alone I feel alone mm. <laughs> and I don't want to feel that way. It's like taking that risk. Like, but what if, what if there was something behind that or within that? And if you went through that feeling, you could emerge as your newer self, the way you described that yoga has, has changed your life. Like that is available to anyone, everyone. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. It's, it's so beautiful. And it, it's hard though sometimes, for sure, when 
what we're talking about in the path of yoga and the promise of yoga can be very different or at odds with some of the things we see in our day-to-day life. And specifically, I talk with a lot of my students about that um, here in Norway from even, so I'm going to bring in just like a little bit of like the cultural influence here in Scandinavia and Norway and Sweden and Denmark. Have you, when you teach in Stockholm, and you are Swedish, but do you feel like there's maybe um, any pushback against some of these ideas of love and inquiry and unity and um, pulling back those veils of illusion to get to a space of ultimate reality? Or is that not even a thing? Like you just, you teach and the people who come are already in that space. It's a good question. Um, I have had both experiences. And more and more now, I find that it was never about um it's it's as if the the people around me evolve with me because everything is that reflection and and that's a really tough it can be a burdening perspective but it can also be very freeing because it is ultimately true when we honor it as something like it's it doesn't have to be burdening it's it's something that's real and something that helps us be, take responsibility for our own journeys and the the path and so when definitely when i was um younger i felt that resistance a lot from i felt like people weren't ready um like i had all these ideas and and i it was i felt drained I felt very drained uh, after a yoga session because it was as if I was working through all of the resistances of everyone and like just trying to get through somewhere, like to find that little um, crack in 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 the defenses of of people in in the ego to just like get to that point of of seeing that we're not separate of achieving yoga in a way. Um. But more and more, I also found that that work, that feeling was something that emerged within me. Mm -hmm. And so I had to work my way through that. And I went on my spiritual journey to continue to crack that within myself, to, to take that responsibility and see that, okay, if I'm encountering this outside of myself, then what is it within me that is allowing that? What is it, is it within me that is creating and manifesting that? And so I had to get clear on what my resistances were and where I was uh, afraid of being seen and felt in that, in that love and unity. Mm-hmm. And, and, and this continues uh, because there's more layers to be shed. <laughs> and so I, I'm still doing that work. But the more I do it, the more I experience that unity, that there isn't that, resi- that same amount of resistance. It's, it's like if I was wearing um, a backpack on on my belly and my back and on my like bags attached to my legs before then I've dropped sort of the backpack on my belly and on my legs and now I have it on my back 
And I'm like, okay, look, let's like, let's see what's in the backpack <laughs> <laughs> and, and to see, to open that smoothness, um, in the external reality that's being played out. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great then. I mean, to just turn any of that back onto yourself and fuel that into your own process, I think is um, a really nice approach to it. Um, yeah, without the aspect of, of self-blame, because it can easily turn into that, like, oh, this is all my fault. And I've de- like, I can definitely feel that in the past I had that, that like, oh, if I'm experiencing this, then, then this is all my fault. But, but that's, and shedding that too, and seeing that this, that's not real. That's not true. It's, it's, it's my responsibility to look at what it is, but it doesn't mean that it's my fault. Nothing Mm -hmm. is my fault. Nothing is anyone's fault. Right. So, but in terms of like, if, I guess my question maybe more clearly asked is, what do you think the yoga community in Sweden or in Stockholm is experiencing is it growing are there more people getting interested in yoga do you see like different types of people coming or is it still kind of like status quo it's more of like a closed community where you have to kind of be in the scene to kind of even know it exists or what do you think about how the community in Scandinavia is evolving yeah, I, I definitely growing, definitely growing. But I also feel like you have to be in the scene to to know and to 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 be aware that it exists. Like unless you t- take that step and to look into it, you probably won't see it um, to a certain extent. But I I do feel like it's growing so much that that's not going to be true anymore either because people will just be seeing it because it's happening and personally like so from from my own perspective and my own experience um is that i i kind of left the asana community um um i i didn't leave it but i i took a break Mm -hmm. uh, a breather from it in a way um to expand and explore what was more, what was beyond that. Um, because I found that I, I encountered a wall there within myself and it was manifested as like, I, did, I didn't feel like I was connecting on a deeper level. I, it was just like, okay, now more flexibility, more strength. Now um, what, what's the next asana you can do like to, to, to improve your practice because you want to be better. You want to be better. You need to get better at the, the physical. And so that was kind of, um, it reached a, a peak where I couldn't uh, continue on, on that without becoming aware of the present moment and where I was at and needing to connect with my heart my per my my individual purpose as a soul embodied here um <clears throat> and so once i did that my community also shifted into <clears throat> i've opened up more and found people um here in stockholm that that are also uh longing for that um for what's more and they've also gone through the asana practice so the asana practice is really important and a great tool but they've sort of um, achieved a level of self-inquiry and self, um, 
um, yeah, sort of a level of, of self-realization where they're ready to, to step into that community and be seen by each other, um, at, in that vulnerability of, um, okay, we're not even just going to step into a room and move together. We're actually just going to step into a room and sit together. Like, for example, I spent, um, New Year's Eve here in Stockholm with uh, my beautiful friend's place, Alida, <clears throat> and, um, who's, who's also a yoga teacher, also a healer, um, into like shamanic practices. And, um, we were about 15 people, I believe, or 13. <clears throat> and we just celebrated <clears throat> and the new year by setting intentions together. We sat and meditated in a circle. Um, had, we had all made food, um, <clears throat> And then um, had a cacao ceremony and sung and danced. Um, <clears throat> and that's, that's for me, such a pure place to be because we're not, we're not looking for, um, there's no looking for external validation. There's no um, needing to, needing to be anyone in that space it's just yoga as in the purest form like union like we're, we sit together and we honor each other as ourselves <clears throat> and and when if asana practice and can take that for, can can lead us there can lead someone there then i find that so beautiful um and it's it's a portal for sure mm -hmm. um, and and those those communities do exist uh, my experience is that they exist everywhere but until we sort of move into that space within ourselves and that urge becomes strong enough then that's where it takes us there like it there's got to be that passion like um, that desire and love to pursue that and then it arises. It doesn't maybe arise from one day to another, but it's like, ooh, ooh, when we allow ourselves to feel like if there was a frustration on the path, then what is that frustration? Like, let's be curious. Let's look at that. What, what's the, the pain showing us? If, if, if there is pain, then let's look at it let's, and let's move through it. And that's when it takes us deeper. Like, oh, all right, there was a longing for something more. Like there's, there's more and there's always going to be more. And that's, that's the, the beauty of this. <laughs> I know. Well, first of all, that sounds like an amazing way to bring in a new year. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> no, my there was a really beautiful cacao cer <clears throat> ceremony here in Oslo as well but I couldn't go um, I have two huskies and my husband and I live outside of Oslo kind of in the country and it, the fireworks were non-stop from about 11 at night until about 1 30 in the morning and so our dogs were just going crazy so it was it was calm the dogs. That was my New Year's. <laughs> but that's fine. It's, you know, it's so wonderful to have ritual and to have ceremony. But the takeaway is also, it doesn't just have to be limited to auspicious times or um, times of potency. It can be 
incorporated into our daily life. And that's something that I like, kind of that, that ordinary magic. And so I did a lot of my New Year stuff like a few days later, and it was wonderful. So it's cool. kind of, ah, it would have been nice to go be part of a larger community, but, you know, sometimes we just have to take care of the yoga of life. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and my little babies. Um, yeah. Yeah. Gosh. There's no, there's no expiry date on, on these things. Like it's never too late to, to, to sit in ceremony with yourself or with another, or like it's, it's just always going to be there. Yeah. Well, that's super cool to hear about your experience of diving deeper and, starting to feel kind of that urgency with, Hey, asana is no longer enough. And I think that's a, like a pretty natural progression for a lot of people where I, it was, that was my experience also like mm. asana, super heavy for a long time. And I still love a very challenging asana practice and embodying the breath through the movement is so beautiful and it feels so good and we need to do it. But I think once we start to feel that shift within ourselves where the asana is no longer the end goal and the asana starts to become a tool, then it's like all of a sudden, yeah, there's so much more to consider and so much more. It's like getting into the, uh, I don't know, the, the never ending party room where you're like, oh my God, what do I do now? Okay. I've got the meditation and the breath work and the energy healing and um, it's like being a kid in a candy store almost yes. You're like, ah, what do I do? Like, I, gosh, it's so great. And yeah. I think you're right. Once you do start to tap into some of these different types of communities, almost like sub communities of the greater yeah. yoga, um, you start to get turned on to different people and what they're doing. And, and just like how we started this conversation, <laughs> like, I think that's why community is so important. Um, Spending time alone is very, very important, but we kind of have to have that natural ebb and flow of the energy, the expansion of contemplation, and then the contraction of connection and moving back and forth between those spaces, the stillness and the movement. And when we come into community by people who are on the same path that we are, and we can feel supported and we can feel seen and we can feel loved that's the inspiration that keeps us going. We inspire ourselves and we inspire each other. And then it's just, I think it's much easier to start to continue to have that encouragement of, okay, I'm getting a hang of this. I see some of the rewards of yoga. And I don't just mean like a yoga practice, but I mean living the yoga where it no longer becomes something you do and is actually just who you are. Mm. Yeah. You know, and that's really a big dream of mine. And that's why I asked you about Scandinavia and, and Sweden is I know in Norway our community is much smaller even than the community in Sweden. And it's growing. It's growing very quickly here and it's super mm. exciting to be part of that. Um, but I think it's also really cool to kind of be like, all right, well, where where are people interested in getting more educated or learning more about something beyond just the shapes we can make with our physical body. And I don't know. I think it's just, I'm very hopeful about what's happening here in Scandinavia and that 
these questions are starting to be asked. And I know, you know, coming from America where it's like, there's so much yoga and everybody's a yoga teacher and you can find there's a lot more, um, I think in some ways, freedom to be who you are. Um, I think in Norway, there's maybe still some resistance to some of those ideas. Um, but it's becoming a little bit more mainstream so that when we feel called to be who we are, we can do so without feeling that shame or that fear or the ego coming up through judgment. And for me, that's the yoga in practice and the yoga in action is, um, can we be the light for ourselves, but be the light for other people too? Yeah. I love that. Yes. That's so beautiful. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a practice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're kind of, Oh, go ahead. Yeah. And, and this, this, what you're doing now and what we are doing, it's great practice. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And the really cool thing is too, because once you start to make those connections in your community, um, and by community, I mean, general region, mm. you might learn about something you'd never even heard of before. And then it might end up being your very favorite thing. You know, there's so many different ways we practice meditation and there's so many different ways in which we can connect to spirit, chanting, kirtan, mantra, reiki, breath work. Oh, I love kirtans. Oh my God. Me (laughs) too. Me too. That's one of the things I, I miss a lot here is that there's uh, very limited access to live kirtan. Uh, Is there a kirtan community in Stockholm? There is. There is. I've just recently found it. (laughs) <laughs> oh cool yeah okay well next time I come to Stockholm I'll send you an email I'll say where's the absolutely. kirtan absolutely yeah and there's a <clears throat> there's um improv uh yeah improv like uh, contact improvisation even I think the ecstatic dance scene is not so big yet but I'm I'm definitely a big fan of that so I'm like yes I'm gonna expand into that eventually oh awesome and that's the thing is like you just need like one or two people (laughs) and then you can start building the community from the ground and it's kind of that idea almost of um god I'm not sure if you've ever seen this it's a really famous American movie from I think like the early 90s field of dreams if you build it they will come I love that field of dreams. I'm going to watch it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I think it was yeah. Kevin Costner and this little boy loves baseball. And so the, the dad builds a baseball field against all the odds. And yeah. Yeah. So that was like the big line. If you build it, they will come. Yes. And I think we can actually really apply that to our yoga practice. And if you don't find the community you want, create it, reach out. And I do think that's one way in which social media has been really beneficial for the yoga community and the the spiritual communities is, you know, we talk sometimes about the negative aspects of that, but the positive aspects are that we can see what other people are up to, whether they're in our physical location or not. And then, you know, reach out and say, Hey, that's so cool. Can you tell me more about what you're up to? And we can create connections. Yeah, exactly. And then maybe even bring that back to our own local community. Yeah. Yeah, that that's 
like for me, Instagram really helped me um, step into who I am, which which can seem so ironic, but it really did because it was the outlet where I sort of didn't um, yet have any. I created the, this account, Hippie Serendipity, and I didn't have um, any projections onto who I was meant to be there because I created it. I started fresh. Um, and, and just to post my poetry actually. And then I found this whole poetry community and I was like, wow, this world exists. I didn't even realize until I just started to put myself out there and notice that, that there were other people doing this. And so from the poetry, that's where this whole like yoga happened <laughs> and, and which is so beautiful to, 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 to also honor and remember for myself and look back at because um poetry is really a way of the soul to express itself and it makes so much sense that when we express ourselves on a soul level that yoga starts to happen in any way shape or form whether it's through music uh art or all these things like um it's it's just it's powerful these these platforms, whatever platform it is, when when we're coming at it from our soul with a pure intention, then it really is so powerful. And I really I want to share that with with anyone that's that's receptive to that information. Um, that it's it's never it's never too late to start sharing from from that space and to use any platform the way you want to use it, like because <clears throat> it it is. It is all there for us, for ourselves to to make use of and to create to to manifest and create this world that that we hold a vision to, um, and and yeah, that that world of of love and and unity. <laughs> yeah, well, in allowing ourselves to be creative and whatever our offering is that we put into the world, it's done with this pure intention to make something beautiful. And have it be a part of this larger conversation. And I don't just mean the conversation using words and the vocal spoken language, but conversation of the heart and conversation of the spirit. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, one of the, I don't write poetry. I love it, but it's, I don't know. I like to write prose and, um, Mm. but I like to read poetry and I have this dream one day. I'm still hoping I can find the right time and the right place for it to come, but I practice it so that I'll be ready when called upon. Now, it's, um, I have uh, this translation of the Bhagavad Gita and I just, it's so beautifully written, but what it makes me think of is slam poetry. Mm. And my dream would be, I know in slam poetry, the rules are, it has to be original poetry, but the way in which I like to uh, recite some of the verses from the Bhagavad Gita is in the method of slam poetry where it's yes. Oh my God, please. It's so, it it just, every single time I do it, it gives me chills because it's so powerful. You know, the way, um, if anybody's not familiar with slam poetry, look it up. It's very powerful verbal projections about um, commentaries on society and politics and gender inequality and, socioeconomic inequality and it's really cool and then everybody's like snapping their fingers and when they like agree with something you say and so anyways there's there are some verses from the Bhagavad Gita when it's talking about our soul and it's talking about our dharma and I'm like wow 
someday I want to present this through slam poetry presentation, but yeah, I don't know when that will be, but maybe I'm someday. I'm already excited. Yeah. That. Yeah. But it's, you know, again, it's like, it's just, it's such a small thing, but it's something I connect to or you and your, your, your poetry to put out there in the world. And so I really appreciate your reminder to people listening that it's never too late. Mm. We always can change. We can always recreate uh, our experiences. Mm. Yes. And share. Yeah. 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 The sharing. Yeah. Oh, well, I want to thank you so much, Antonia, for being on the One Sacred Pause podcast and um, sharing with us. Yeah, thank you for for offering the space for opening it up and creating this container of of light and beauty and love. Yeah, thank you. So where do you think you might be off to next if it's not India? <clears throat> I have been feeling called to Bali. Mm. <clears throat> yeah. So that that might be my my next um journey. Good. Well, hopefully I'll link um, your Instagram account into the show notes. And so people can follow you wherever you're off to and uh, stay in touch to see when you're back in Scandinavia and any of your workshops or teachings that might come up. Yeah. Can I share something? Of course. Yeah. Um, There's a psychic training that I will be hosting yes um in in may yes end of may and it's going to be in sweden in this magical place and i just felt to share that if there's someone out there that's listening and um they're like ready to kind of open up their their channels and and um third eyes and and get into the 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 exciting stuff of spirituality and also face a lot of demons and and all these things that happen naturally on the path um uh, i just wanted to put that out there yeah everyone felt called um there i do other things as well but um for now the healing retreat next year is full um so that that's what um came up as relevant yeah, that's yeah. great. That sounds amazing. So um, people will be able to find information about that, right? Through your yes. Instagram? Yeah, and and by connecting with me. Yeah. Okay. Like a direct message? Yeah, or email. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, well, thank you for sharing that. That sounds awesome. Yeah, thank you for letting me. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on here, and I hope you have a great day and your travel plans uh are smooth yes thank you thank you so much again for reaching out it's been a pleasure yeah yeah you're so welcome (laughs) okay bye bye bye